This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis. Our mailing address is Radio Missions. Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana 70785. We've been studying in the second chapter of 1 Peter for several days now, and we want to look closely at those last two verses. Let's read uh, that verse 24. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. I believe that every born-again child of God can easily and quickly tell you how the Lord saved him. But here in this verse, we have the basis or the foundation of salvation. Yes, God's child can tell you that Christ died, how that Christ uh, came and poured out his lifeblood and made it effectual, made it uh, real to his heart. We were sinners by birth. We were estranged from God, even from the womb. Uh, We went uh, astray, speaking lies, as soon as we were born. Our nature and our our will was was not inclined unto holiness. No, just the opposite. We were rebels against God and desired to have our own way to satisfy the lust of the flesh and were blinded by Satan to the fact that we uh, were sinners and are sinners. Now, this is how Christ finds us. This is how, when the Lord looks down from heaven upon this earth, what does he see? Sin. A mass of sin, my friend, a multitude of sinners. We are lost, we are rebellious, and we are not seeking the Lord. Now, that's our natural state. But what happened? What happened to change all of this? In order to find out, we must go back before the foundation of the world. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit made a covenant. God the Father gave his Son a number which no man could number. And uh, he would uh, uh, provide that number for the Son. They were sinners, just sinners. But our Lord Jesus, the Son of God, coveted with the Father that he would come here to this old sin-cursed earth, sin-cursed world, and that he would die the sacrificial death for those whom the Father would give him. Yes, he knew that they were sinners, but they were given to him by the foreknowledge of God. They're in the cycle of eternity. Folks scoff at this and make ridicule and ridicule my preaching, the doctrine of election, and my preaching, the doctrine of predestination. But none of this bothers me, my friend. It's God's Word. And I know that if the Holy Spirit ever opens that heart of yours, if he ever takes hold of your heart, you will be a Calvinist in one minute after you've been awakened. You will. You'll know that God is sovereign. God is uh, calls those whom will be saved. Did you know that no one would ever be saved if the Lord didn't call them? You will see that if you were not elected to salvation, you would never come. That's true. God's child knows that he's a sinner. Only now, he is a called-out sinner, called out by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he knows that if he uh, weren't called out, he would never come. We just a day or two ago brought you that text on verse uh, 3 there in first in the first chapter, uh, or in, in second chapter of Peter, in verse 9. Uh, have you forgotten so soon? Listen. Listen to that uh, verse 9 in chapter 2. But ye are a chosen generation, speaking to God's children there, Peter was, 
Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into, the marvel, into his marvelous light. Yes, this is God's word. Let me go back over that verse just a moment. Ye are a chosen generation. In that election, in that God's word, it says you're chosen. He said you're a royal priesthood. You've been uh, made a part of the uh, holy, holy priesthood. You are a holy nation. God's people are a holy people. Did you know that? God's people are a holy people. Then he says we are peculiar people. I believe the most outstanding fact about God's true child is that to the world, to the outside world, that he's a peculiar person. Yes, they look upon us like we are kind of beside ourselves many times. But this is God's word, not mine. His people are a chosen people. I have no trouble with that fact. No, but some of you will stand up and say, Oh, uh, God is not fair, that he'll choose one and leave the other. Who are you to call God unfair? Who are you to stand up in the face of God? He said, Jacob I love, and Esau I hate. And you think you can instruct God? Listen, my man, you better be careful in criticizing our Lord. You better be criti careful in criticizing God the Father. Yes, you had, because you're standing on dangerous ground, my friend. You may uh, be steeped in your rebellion and, and, you, and all, of the, all of the while, uh, if you don't uh, watch, be careful, you plunge into hell, along with all the other rebellious devils who will not bow their knee to Christ. But the election and foreknowledge of God uh, is, is uh, for some other lesson, and now we are looking at Christ Jesus. We'll, we'll look at that election and foreknowledge, no doubt, in, in another time. Our sins, Christ bearing our sins in his own body, our sins there on Calvary's tree. We went there, he went there voluntarily. He never uh, resisted the cross. He told all of his disciples that he was going, and uh, yeah, the scriptures uh, verify his going there. It was Satan's desire to keep him from going to the cross, for he knew that if Christ died for our sins, that he could no longer control and have dominion over our souls. Satan wanted to be as God. He wanted to be God. He desired to be as God. Pride rose up in his heart. And he desired to be his God. That's when he was cast out of heaven. But our Lord overruled him. And now he's uh, uh, just waiting the time when he would be cast into the bottomless pit. Satan knows that, my friend. He's not, he's, he's not an ignoramus. He knows that. Folks think Satan is in hell. No, he's not in hell. No, his headquarters, his dominion is in the stratosphere right here. Right in the stratosphere. He is the prince and the power of the earth. But thank the Lord for us who have been redeemed. He no longer has dominion over us. Now we are the children of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But when he, Christ, shall come, we shall be like him. Yes, he bore my sins to the cross. The verse says, our sins. But I like to read it to make it personal, don't you? I like to read it... Uh, my sins. I don't know about you. I only know what the Lord's done for me. And yes, I know what his word tells us, that all that come unto him shall be saved. Has the Lord 
uh, taking your sins to the cross, my friend? Are you covered by that precious blood? Have you ever spent much time thinking about the blood, the precious blood of Christ? I don't believe that the average church member knows much about the blood. All of our modern churches have uh, done away with their old song books, which uh, uh, yeah, contained all the old blood songs, we call them. They, they, t- they say they're just old-fashioned. And uh, how I praise the Lord. For the old-fashioned, yes, we have here at Radio Mission, we sing mostly the old blood song. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and every sinner plunged beneath that blood. Lose all his guilty stains. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Those songs, my friend, that's what I'm talking about. That's the old blood song. You, you go into modern churches today. You go to a funeral in some church, and uh, you get the songbook out. That's what I do. I like to look through the songbook. I don't see but one or two songs in there. They have amazing grace. And uh, what a friend we have in Jesus, which is both beautiful, both true. But that's about all. The rest of it is modernistic to the core. And they try to do away with everything. Yes. And uh, uh, there's nothing, nothing there, my friend. Yes, those songs remind us of the shedding of that precious blood for a sinner like me and like you. Folks say, how, how does the Lord save a sinner? Only by the blood. You, uh, you have no other grounds for salvation except the shed blood of Christ. And then folks will laugh and call this ministry slaughterhouse religion. That's one of the things they do. They call it slaughterhouse religion. Uh, But my friend, there on Calvary's cross, there where Christ was crucified for me, around that cross, underneath that cross, there was the blood spilt until there was not one drop left in his uh, holy body. Pilate said unto them, I wash my hands of this innocent man's blood. But that rabble crew cried, the more said, let his blood be on us and on our children. Oh, my friends, we try to leave stuff for our children, don't we? We, tr- we try to leave a heritage here, a goodly heritage for our children. Not necessarily money, no, but I'm talking about a, a, a good uh, a lifestyle, a reputation of where they've been brought up and taught their ways of God and those things, what we call a goodly heritage or a godly heritage. But these Jews there, they said, let his blood be on us and, and our children. And our children. Oh, my friend, what a, what, a, what a cruel thing. Yes, and yet I believe that some of those, some of that bunch uh, were saved. Our Lord, in crying from the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Some writers have said, had he not cried this prayer, that that whole mob would have gone down to the pit alive. But can't you see this morning, sinner, how that Christ's blood has atoned for your sin? Do you? Have you no feeling at all for the death of our Lord? It's not a. It's not a uh, something that you uh, uh, love to talk about. The death of our Lord. I wish you would think with me about your soul. Don't continue in sin. Come to Christ now and plead the blood. That's the only plea you have, my friend. You don't have self-righteousness. You can't bring it up. You don't have good works. They not. They won't stand for anything. You can't have a church membership. None of that. None of those things mean a thing in this world. The Bible says that Christ came to seek and to save sinners. Are you a sinner? 
Do you see yourself as a sinner? Then take your place at his feet and begin to cry for forgiveness of sin. He'll save you. His word doesn't, uh, doesn't and cannot lie. No, he bore our sins in his own body. That's our salvation. That's our redemption, my friend. His carrying our sins to the grave made our salvation possible. He still has the scars to prove it. We'll see all those scars when we get to heaven. They'll still be there as trophies of his love for sinners like you and me. There'll be the scar there in his side where the Roman soldier uh, cast his side, pierced his side there with that spear. And then there'll be the scars in his hand where, they, where, they, uh, where his hands were uh, held out and spike nails driven through them there into that wooden cross, that cruel cross. And then uh, look at, the, look at the, the, the scars on his brow. Oh, my friend, you and I get a little splinter under our fingernail, and we just suffer and suffer and suffer. But look, listen, that crown of thorns was, was pressed down upon our Lord's head by the cruel hands of those unjust men. And uh, the blood trickled down his face, run all down through his body and on down to the ground. That precious blood, my friend, was spilt there, not for him, not for his his benefit, but for mine and your. I wish you could see that this morning. You oh, you awakened sinner. You tell me you want to be saved. Can't you see that that blood was spilt for you? Can't you just close your eyes and say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you that thy blood was spilt. My friend, you'll never have any physical evidence of being saved. You'll never have a great light. If you do, that's a Satan Satan's work. You'll never have a thunderclap when the Lord saves you. You won't hear a thunderclap. No. You won't hear a limb fall on the house when the Lord saves you. None of those things are ever going to happen, my friend. It's just to trust the Lord. Come to him just as a sinner uh, begging him for mercy. And then he'll reveal Christ to your heart as your Lord and your Savior. And then, oh, what rejoicing from that day forward. On out through eternity, my friend, because Christ bore our sins. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis saying, Write us. Let us know if you're listening. Help us with the finances, if you will. And then remember the old Trailblazer's address, the old Trailblazer, Post Office Box, 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Goodbye and God bless you. Pastor Pendarvis invites you to attend Fellowship Weekend, October 27th through 29th at the First Baptist Church of Algiers. Join listeners from near and far for this time of old-time preaching, dinner and lunch on the grounds, and fellowship. For information and local lodging options, call the church office at 225-664-8658. That's 225-664-8658. We look forward to seeing you soon.